So now if you're planning a secret birthday party or if there's something <laughs> if there's something else in there that Is that a hint? Your birthday's coming up. <laughs> Society's family unit is in crisis as less and less people are making the commitment of a lifelong partnership together. It has been normalized, encouraged, and easier than ever to just throw in the towel when the going gets tough. With time at a premium, start by spending 20 minutes per week gaining thought-provoking inspiration towards a journey of self-improvement, ultimately improving your marriage, your family, your health, and your home. What is trust and respect in a relationship? How are they built and maintained? How are they broken and repaired? Since it's February now, this episode will kick off our new four-part series on love and marriage. Today we will delve into the elements of trust and respect. These two elements expand beyond just marriage, but also into other important relationships. Thanks for joining us. Today's discussion will be the first in a four-part series on love. We will cover <laughs> we will cover topics including communication, conflict resolution, the sex talk, but also this discussion on trust and respect. In our second episode on the marriage pillar, we talked at length about our marriage, and when we look deeper at what makes our marriage thrive and endure, is largely due to building trust and respect. Our experiences have been a bit of a roller coaster over the last 15 years, mm-hmm. to say the least. <laughs> We've lost respect for ourselves and each other previously. In the last few years, though, we regained the trust as we began to embark on the path of self improvement. We began to take better care of ourselves, establish goals and cast a vision for our future and work as a team. There have been moments of weakness and violations of trust. I I wouldn't go so far as to call them betrayals, but certainly violations of trust. We never did establish those or communicate them very well. We just didn't really know the rules. And we learned quickly to apologize and to try and make things right. Obviously, we're not perfect at this, but we've certainly tried to improve overall. We make sure to edify and uplift each other in person or when we're not even around each other, around, you know, could be friends, could be family, in some other social setting. And if you haven't heard the word edify before, I know we didn't hear it very much. It really just means to uplift and uphold each other. It certainly leads to a feeling of admiration and respect. This could mean in your words, in your thoughts, your actions. We've certainly noticed the prevalence of disrespect out there more and more in relationships this happens on both sides Mm -hmm. what are examples of this things like eye rolling put downs little jabs toward the husband or the wife and we Um, see this a lot and i mean what first comes to mind is like you know old people who have been together like forever that you know like kind of dig at each other but then you see them walking and holding hands and it's like the mm -hmm. cutest thing ever Mm -hmm. but what the bad thing is when they don't end up holding hands um Yeah. But we also see this with our age of people in our 30s, especially when we are with groups of the same gender alone or something like that. That could be put downs of your husband or wife or other forms of 
of disrespect and not like blatant disrespect. It's not blatant and out there, but little things that we have noticed amongst our friends checking out people of the opposite sex, you know, things like that. that Or blaming each other for something, mm-hmm. saying, oh, they always do that. They always get that wrong. Oh, what are they doing now? If you're not going to say it to your husband or wife to their face, you probably shouldn't <laughs> say it. <laughs> well, and it gets, it gets pretty toxic because it comes yeah. off very passive aggressive. Instead of being direct and dealing with a problem and trying to fix it, making comments and jabs. Just... And what do we do after we hear another couple say something about each other? You mm-hmm. and I talk about it and we make assumptions sure. about relation- sure. people's relationships Absolutely. and things like that. Obviously, that's not good for us to do either, but, you know. Yeah, we're human. You're, it happens. We're human, yeah. You're putting you're putting that out there for other people to make assumptions about your relationship. And to give this a little more credibility, we learned about John Gottman when we attended counseling. The Gottman Institute's one of the more famous resources out there for marriage, marriage counseling, improvement, whatever you, however you want to look at it. The Gottman Institute talks about the four horsemen, or behaviors that can pretty accurately predict divorce in marriages or, or the end of a relationship in many cases. So it's criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And these tie right into those examples we gave. We truly believe that to establish trust and respect in a relationship and then to also maintain it, you need to remove those four behaviors. They're not productive. They don't lead to anybody getting more of what they want and resolving the issues that you may have. So they're direct result of not having trust, respect. There's other things like poor communication. Intimacy isn't there. There's no admiration or affection and and so on and so forth. Let's start with discussing trust. Trust and respect are not automatic. They are earned, especially over the long haul. I think this is kind of a given with any relationship, but trust is the cornerstone or foundation of a thriving and fulfilling marriage. Trust has a huge effect on many parts of marriage, communication, commitment, connection, intimacy, and more. Love and intimacy flourishes in an atmosphere of trust and dies when (laughs) trust is non-existent in relationships. Many marriage commentators believe that trust should be established before a couple decides to marry or live together as loving partners. It's kind of part of that um, in love feeling that you typically have early. Honeymoon phase. Yes. It lasts, uh, I think it's like two years. Mm. Um, But certainly it's something that is there early because it's easy and you're not thinking about what are you doing to establish trust or perhaps set yourself up for failure? Exactly. Talking about matters such as being honest with each other about your past misdemeanors, your past relationships, Mm -hmm. your fears, your concerns, your dreams for the future, (laughs) and so on. You need to think beyond that honeymoon phase. Yeah, maybe don't come out with it on the first date. (laughs) Uh, But it certainly would be good at some point to say, okay, I'm I'm getting pretty far along in this. I think we're ready to take the next steps. I may want to come out with a couple things. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because you're afraid they're going to find out and 
what's going to happen then. But it's just you want to be open with a person and reveal some of those vulnerable sides of yourself. And their reaction speaks volumes for what your relationship will be like when it comes to you being honest about things. Yeah, we're, we're really afraid and insecure about those mm-hmm. ugly sides of ourselves that we don't want people to see. And quite often, if you're with the right person, you may be surprised by their reaction. Mm-hmm. As we said, the building blocks on this foundation of trust is really important in your marriage and long-term relationships. You should really be treating your partner on equal footing. That doesn't mean you're equal in all ways, <laughs> but it also means you don't resort to secretive behavior, put-downs, uh, being aggressive or passive-aggressive. Um, these are all things that sort of erode trust. Honestly, you can destroy trust pretty quickly when you leave the door open to mistrust. So this could happen if you're late all the time. This could happen if you don't do the things you say you're going to do. Little things like that can build. And it takes a long time to build really good, solid trust. And it's it can crumble really quickly out from it underneath. It could crumble you. with like one text. <clears throat> yeah. And it, could, it, and it could lead to things. It doesn't always happen with one thing. Mm-hmm. But a good example in our life are group text with members of the opposite sex. Um, we, we try to do group text because it keeps everybody in the loop. And we've talked about <clears throat> this before, but it's yeah. worth repeating the fact that we always include each other on texts to members of the opposite sex. Same with phone conversations. It's not that we don't have trust and we're trying to be possessive or jealous, but it's the simple fact that you're leaving that wonder, that that door open to the questions. Like if someone's texting my wife over and over and over and over, I keep seeing some guy's name pop up. I'm going to start wondering what what's going on if she's getting a text at eleven thirty at night mm. uh, that that's a problem that because that's not really normal but you know are you hiding money are you just simply not following up on your commitments i mean that can lead to a lack of trust we've also learned in conflicts with each other that you need to have a manner of trust because you know, for one one thing, when you really get into an argument, sometimes it's better just to cool down, to take a break, rather than engaging in a bunch of negative comments and criticism, blaming, name-calling, mm-hmm. personal attacks. You have to be willing to walk away and trust that, okay, we're going to come back to this with cooler heads and get to a more productive conversation about how to resolve this. And I think that we've learned a lot. Of how to do that. And not that we ever like screamed at each other or broke things or threw things. We've never had that type of relationship. We can get pretty worked up about things and we just need to Probably Probably a lot better separate. than it used to be overall. Mm-hmm. Um, not just frequency or severity. But... but a lot of that had to do with trust. A lot yeah. of our arguments had to do with not trusting each other. Not trusting each other's motives, intentions, yes. commitment. Things like that. And we certainly had moments that I'm sure you can all relate to where you got so heated that you can't even remember what the original fight was about. Mm -hmm. And it can be something very trivial. You burnt the pot roast. Heck. (laughs) What are you trying to say? (laughs) Now let's discuss respect. Respect is something that can be overlooked in relationships, especially as time goes by. 
and we've known one another for a really long time. Respect can be taken for granted, but it can also go a long way in safeguarding a relationship. Respect comes from a deep understanding of our significant other, of their thoughts, their reactions, their opinions, their values, their attitudes. When you have respect for your partner, you look forward to seeing them, whether you're working out of the home and they're coming home every night and you can't wait to see them, or if you're working together in the home like us, you really do look forward to the times where you can reconvene with each other and and talk and discuss your day. And also having that respect makes it unlikely that you feel bored when you're with them. Mm -hmm. If you're bored when you're with your spouse, (laughs) y'all need to find something to do, like in the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, most husbands out there would be fine with that. (laughs) Play checkers or something. (laughs) Our understanding of who our partner is as a person and our respect for the qualities that make up our partner often leads to growth of admiration. This, in turn, may contribute to feelings of pleasure we experience in our partner's company. Humor and oh, joking around. Okay. And, yes. Once again, get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> Respect will also grow when the marriage or either individual in it faces a challenge. When a marriage is in trouble... When one or both partners have lost respect for the other due to mistakes or other issues, then seeing our partner overcome trials can lead to a newfound sense of respect. We also believe that when there's a solid mutual connection, there's commitment, there's give and take, there's respect and trust, that you really can't break that. So there'd be no reason behind breaking the trust, and you don't gain anything from it. It's certainly not a fun thing that you want to do. In talking about that, it's also our belief and and experience that if there's a betrayal, there could be a wink link somewhere. There could Mm -hmm. be a place that you haven't maybe established as much trust and respect and honesty is what you should have. boundary. Yes. You didn't establish a boundary somewhere. And we've talked about boundaries in the past. We've seen behaviors in each other and in others where it's been allowed or enabled and it might be better to rectify that as soon as you can or be willing to say look I don't accept this this is not acceptable to me you're not controlling them or telling them what they can and can't do but you are in control of what you're willing to accept to really rebuild upon trust if it's been broken or been lost or damaged in some way It needs to be reestablished, first of all. But to facilitate this, we must understand the role of the connection between us. So usually if there's a breakdown in the connection or the trust, it's usually something to do with both sides. It's no one thing. It's no one person. So let's not start blaming each other. Mm -hmm. You really have to do some soul searching. It's probably not going to be quick and easy. And I know in today's world we want it at the now. click of a button <laughs> so it's it's not going to be that easy it wasn't easy to establish in the first place why do you think it's going to be easy to reestablish it mm-hmm. right being open being vulnerable it's essential to the healing process it's also necessary and something we found to be a very important element of marriage and it, and it definitely leads to more intimacy and this is physical as well as emotional so 
before you start <laughs> accusing me of that. We hope this discussion helps. We'll build upon this as we get into the communication element of love and relationships. This will build to talking about intimacy and sex Yay. and conflict resolution. <laughs> we wish that someone had given us this information early in our lives as we had to learn the hard way in many cases as we tripped and fell. Luckily, we recovered and we've learned a lot about ourselves and each other as our marriage has evolved and changed well beyond what we could have ever imagined. Take this information and put it into practice. Don't doubt yourself or take this discussion lightly. You can do it. This week's call to order is to find an area of your life where you have lost trust or respect or how you want to gain more from someone. How can you reclaim what you lost? What would the ideal state look like? Write down three ideas of how to improve trust or respect. Small examples could be to be early in your next meetup. Commit to doing something and do it. Or just have an honest conversation that allows for a better understanding of mistakes that have been made. If you're ready for your marriage and family dynamic to thrive and not just survive, all it takes is 20 minutes or less joining us each week. It begins with a journey of self-improvement while you sit in the carpool lane, commute to work, squeeze in a workout, or get halfway through folding that laundry pile. Be sure to check out the blog at thefamilyorder.com and follow us on Facebook at The Family Order. If you're ready to start your journey, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss new episodes every Monday.